1: It's the Mike Piccinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.
0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Mike Piccinelli Podcast, episode number 87. We're doing this on Thursday, June 8th. Of course, uh, we are brought to, to you by the great people at Bet Rivers. If you didn't have the app by now, I don't know what you're waiting for. I hit on the app last night because I happened to look at the line and uh, all this hype about the Miami Heat. Uh, at the end of the day, Denver's a better team. And they squandered a game, too. You knew they were going to come back with a vengeance. the easiest bet of the night. I'm watching ESPN. All these chuckleheads are saying how Miami's going to win the game. I looked at the Bet Rivers app. Uh, Denver was plus or, or minus three and a half. That was all I needed to know. I hit it. I pounded it. Bang on my Bet Rivers app. And by the way, I got Jamal Murray as the surprise MVP of the series. So I hope he has another couple good games because the price tag was a lot better on that than it was on Nikola Jokic. So uh Bet Rivers app, fantastic app, live betting, the whole bit. I cashed in a little bit last night on my Bet Rivers app. Um uh this is gonna be a, 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 a a commentary podcast. It's gonna be all around. No guests today. Uh, our last guest, I hope uh, you, you enjoyed our last podcast <clears throat> with Larry Brown. If you hadn't had a chance to catch a uh, podcast episode number 86, it was an interview with Larry Brown. And I've had a lot of conversations with the man over the years. I thought this was the best conversation I've ever had with him. It was really insightful and humorous. And uh, 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 I, I don't know. He's just, <laughs> I just like talking to the guy, even though he kind of drones on with that Larry Brown thing, but it's everything he says is interesting. So if you haven't had a chance, to listen to that go back and listen to that that's podcast number 86 with larry brown so today we got to talk about the tumultuous week in golf i don't know how many people are at invested in golf but they're always they're always invested in some kind of a controversial issue whether it's golf maybe you don't like golf but you like the controversial issue that surrounds this so uh, in case you're living under a rock a big merger happened between the pga and uh, the Live Tour, which was the renegade tour where a lot of PGA golfers bolted for the quick Saudi money. Also, the DP World Tour is involved in this. It'll be under one umbrella. And uh, the PGA, as far as I know, all these details have to be ferreted out. yet. But the PGA, as far as I can understand, will still remain as a PGA entity, as a non-profit existence. I don't know how to get away with that. Uh, and Jay Monahan will still be the commissioner of that, while the Saudi guy is gonna be. The overseer of the of the whole thing. Um, so let's. There's a lot to unpack here. First of all, people like when I said that this was inevitable. People kind of like came at me. I was, how could you not stand up against uh, the Saudis? And I go, listen, I, I I I am a moral as moral a guy as there is on the earth. Okay, but what I understand more than anything is that business doesn't care about morals. I mean, you all, all you can do is look at one of your shirts. It's it, maybe it's made in China. Maybe it's made in Vietnam or somewhere. Maybe it's maybe made in another third world country. You don't even think about those things. When it comes to business, people have a way of sacrificing their principles. Because what do you get for your principle? That's that's the point. So, so let's look at it here. When a rival league offers a semblance of competition to an existing league, what happens? Let's go back in time. Let Let's start with the old ABA. Well, the, the NBA ignored it for so long, right? And as soon as it became a viable entity in certain cities, they go, We have no choice but to merge with this renegade league. You know, they did it selectively because they took the healthiest franchises and they folded them into the NBA. What happened with the AFL way back before that? And the NFL. When it became a viable entity, the NFL had no choice but to merge. As much as you want to say stand firm and don't include these renegades, they're against what Americana is. All right, so then now let's project it to this because now we're in the modern world, and I understand all about Saudi involvement, and I understand all about how it's blood money and all that stuff. I get it totally. And 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 in a uh, like in a perfect world, you don't do business with something like that. But this threat happened to be financed by gazillion heirs. So let's look at what could have happened here. The three tours are now under one umbrella. PGA Tour exists. Live is still going to exist. I don't know how that's even possible, but apparently they're still going to exist. So how will they be commingled? It remains to be seen. Here's the question. Will the renegades who left the PGA Tour for Live be welcomed back? I think that, that pe- people are going, well, look at that. Those guys got the best of both worlds. They took the cash, and all, and all of a sudden, they're going to be walking back. No must, no fuss. They got the benefit of both worlds, right? And that rankles people. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, and I don't know about this either because the PGA Tour people who stayed, the Rorys, the Tigers, all these people who, based on principle, said they would not go now look like fools. And Rory said it yesterday. Looks like the biggest jerk off in the room. Uh, so they're going to have to address that in some form. And they may have to address it in reparations. All right, Rory, you turned down $300 million. We'll ask the Saudis to give you an extra hundred thousand $100, 000, uh, 100 million. Tiger, you turned down $800 million. We'll make reparations for you since you're the greatest golfer in the game. Hideki Matsuyama, you turned four hundred mil down. So we're going to try to make you whole in some way. I got to think that that's going to happen. Now, will it make up for everything? No, it probably will not. So here, let, let's talk realistically about this because I, I always like to get realistic. The question is, what would loyalty have gotten the PGA Tour? Now, it's all well and good for Monaghan to flex his muscles and say, I'm to do business with the Saudis. And what, what other league would you have to apologize for playing in? And all that stuff they that did a year ago. And now he looks like a fool about it. So now he looks at the landscape and says, listen, I'm in trouble. This thing is not going away. They've got an endless supply of money. They are going to defect more players. And Victor Hovland is the next thing on the PGA tour. How long is it before he goes? Our sponsors are going, yo, what kind of a project do we actually have here to say nothing about the antitrust lawsuit where the PGA tour would have had to open their books. And when you open your books, you find some money. That's very funny. All right. So you, you, you open your books and you go, how all of a sudden did the PGA all of a sudden they they raise their their levels of money for winners? Now twenty million dollars go to the win- where would they get that money? Well, that would have been exposed in in these court laws. To say nothing of the legal fees they're incurring with this antitrust lawsuit that they're they're involved in now. Right, the sponsors, the lawsuits, the, the corporate sponsors for the tournament are, are probably going away. Monahan's going. What, what do I do? What, what does my loyalty get me? I show loyalty. Did Starbucks say, hey, here's a free cup of coffee? Like, I, I'm, I'm trying to, like, I talk, I know these people are, are saying, you're taking blood money. I get it. What was their alternative? They don't take blood money. Would they get a pat on the head? Like It can only destroy the PGA Tour more if they didn't make a move like this. Is it unsettling? Of course it's unsettling. It's hinky to think that you're doing business with this conglomerate, this sovereign nation with endless supplies of money who who were involved in 9-11. And there was these 9-11 victims that, that the commissioner the PGA tour promised that he was going to protect the integrity of them and a whole bit. And now he's got to answer for all that. But I keep going back to the, the whole thing. What could they have done? What would they have gotten for staying loyal now? Let's look at the sports-washing concept. Is it sports-washing? Of course it is. Of course it's sports-washing. The Saudis are coming in and they're offering all this money for sports. They think they're good guys. They want to sponsor American sports, the whole bit. And of course it's sports-washing to wash away their human rights violations and their participation in 9-11. It is. There's nothing we can do about that. It is what it is, and it's hinky. But, uh, again, you. It's, uh, there are two movies I'll quote here. One is the Godfather, where um, Michael is trying to explain to him his plan, and uh, and, and and Sonny goes, "This man is taken very personal, Tom. It's very personal. And he goes, it's not personal, Sonny. It's just business." And then Solazzo said the same thing. And the New Jack City, what was it? It, it was like uh, it's 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 business, B, not personal. Right? Right, we've got all these examples of that that whole mindset. And 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 it wasn't going to do the PGA Tour any good to keep telling that kind of a line whether well, heat on the sponsors they're going to lose money, they weren't going to have the purses, the sponsors were going to go away, the advertisers on the TV shows were going to go whatever because the product wasn't as good. And it wasn't going to stop. It was only going to get worse. So, he read the tea leaves, he took the hit. He's got a lot of splaining to do. There's a lot of angry people out there. Apparently in that meeting, Roy McElroy spouted off uh, saying, yeah, he feels like the sacrificial lamb got thrown under the bus. But uh, he trusts Jay Monahan and this uh, this higher rank pro, like ranked 285, uh, said, fuck off, Rory which which I like. I like like when golfers who haven't had a fight ever in their life now are going to scrap with each other. I like to actually see fisticuffs with these blue bloods. But that's just me. All right. So uh, what are the alternatives when you're trying to survive with a business entity uh, against unlimited cash? Um, The optimists in this whole situation say it's going to be better for the game of golf. It's going to grow the game. Whatever, maybe it will I I hope it does We'll see how how things have to play out in the future I I was okay with watching the PGA Tour Without uh, uh, Brooks Koepka Guys like that Bryson DeChambeau, that Kerr I was okay with it But I know also the world changes And there was nothing they could do about it Uh, Again, the backlash Player to player The backlash from the PGA people That stuck and the live tour that took the money What's that going to be like? I don't know, maybe it's frosty for a little while. But you know how that works out. In time, that will all dissipate uh, because the defectors have the foolproof answer. There are a couple things that are undefeated in this world. Father time is undefeated. Another thing that I won't mention because uh, you ask a guy what's undefeated, he'll tell you what's undefeated with all the domestic problems he's had in his life. Uh, but the third thing that's undefeated is, is this answer. I had to do what was best for my family. What's the retort to that? You got no retort to that. Oh, really? You got to do what the best for your family? Yeah, I have a family. you That's not your family. It's my family. They offered me this kind of money. I had to do it. I knew it was blood money. I had to do it. What's my first responsibility to my family? Not to stand up for righteousness. That's what they're going to tell you. And it's an undefeated answer. Darren, am I right? Producer Darren, is it an undefeated answer?
1: Undefeated. And that's exactly how I feel, too. I'm never going to begrudge a man for earning as much money as he can for his family. And guess what? You said the perfect word. I I understand anybody who uh, is upset or the word you used unsettled by it being Saudi money, Uh but I'm not going to begrudge the golfers for taking the money.
0: Not. So again, we go back to uh, when I talked about reparations. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, Tiger Woods doesn't need another dollar, right? So what are they going to do? give another $400 million to make him feel better? Uh, Rory, the same way. Matsuyama, the same way. How do you quantify that? Who do you give back to who? There are a lot of other guys that on that lesser scale didn't go either. So what do you do? Do you give them reparations as well? I mean, it's a messy situation. I don't know how it's going to work out. Or, or do you say this? Eh, sorry, tough nuggies. You know, is that what you say? If you're Jmon here, tough noogies. Uh, I made a mistake in preaching loyalty, and for that, you lost money. And and none of these other bastards who defect, uh, uh, they got the best of both worlds. I get it, uh, like Brooks and that freaking Bryson. Uh, but uh, eh, you know, it's the way the world works. I'm sorry. <laughs> what are we gonna do about it? Here, here. You would you like a, a gift card to uh, a, a PF Chang's? All right, how about we do that? Like. I I don't know what what else they're going to do at that point. So this will all unpack itself when we get – I don't even know what the format could be, whether they'll bring team sports now into the PGA events. I have no idea how this is going to work out, but I know one thing. That Saudi guy in London when he met Monahan and the other rich men that are on that board, a PGA board, said, "Uh, boys, here's here's what it is. I would like to invest in you. I, I know a way to make money. If I pour money into your tour, we're going to be under this umbrella. You can stay as your nonprofit, but I'm investing. Just like I'm investing in other things, I invested in English soccer. I invest over here. I invest over there. That that's what I'm going to do. I'm a money maker. And if if you don't join me, I'm I'm still going to absorb you. That's the bottom line. My next call is to Victor Hovland. He just won the Memorial. Hey Vic, I got five hundred million for you. And it's going to keep happening and happening. And if you're Jay Monaghan, son of a bitch, he's got me because I can't match those funds. And that's the way of the world.
1: And Mike, I, he's like, they're like a definition of like an example of too big to fail. You've heard that expression
0: yeah. before about some
1: company. Mm-hmm. But, but I have to ask you this. How, how do you feel about the fact that nobody really watched the Live? And I know it was on CW or whatever kid network it was on. But no one was really watching. The ratings were terrible for yeah, the well, Tour.
0: Who cares? You think Liv cared about that? They didn't care about what the TV I, ratings no, were. Told, they cared about this. It confuses me. Weakening the other product. So so they were going to get all – they were really out not to boost their TV ratings but to hurt the other team's TV ratings because they wanted to absorb that entity. So they go, okay, I get it. Nobody's watching on the CW. doesn't matter to me. I still got a, a gazillion dollars I'm going to throw at your players, and that's going to make the sponsors like, call up and go, oh who's this guy Jones that's leading the tournament here? I never even heard of him. I'm supposed to watch that for four days. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the big corporate sponsors that sponsored the actual tournament go, why would I want to sponsor that tournament? if You got no stars playing in it. And this guy at sound, he's going, I'm going to get pick him one by one. I just started doing it. Whoever gets to, to, to rise up to the top of your tour. I'm going to take him, because now that that's out of the bag that you can actually do that. And then the PGA tour will forgive you. They had no, they, they had nowhere to go, so uh, I get it. I get why people are mad. I get the blood money concept, all that. Uh, if if I ran the world, it wouldn't be that way. Okay, I, I would kind of stand up for principles, and I'd pre- probably be a damn fool. But business people think different. They compromise their principles for the dollar, and we have seen it all of our lifetimes. All right, that'll end the top part of. Uh, the Mike Pesnelli podcast as we open with the big news in, in the golf world this week. So it is now time. But let's roll into Mike Unleashed, Darren. So let, let me throw you a bone here because you're a big uh, lady softball fan. Your, your girls play it. And you, you, your oldest daughter is a great pitcher on her way up. Maybe she's going to get a big scholarship at one of these powerhouse schools. And the powerhouse school of them all right now, the Oklahoma Sooners. They won their 52nd straight game in the College World Series as they beat. and I watched a little of it. As they beat Florida State, 52 straight. They're trying to become the first program to win three straight national championships since the great UCLA John Wooden dynasty. So I'm watching the game and I'm going, if you got a pitcher that's unhittable, you can't lose. And this girl, I think she's a freshman. She's firing pills and and, and cuffing them. And you, know, you got a couple hitters. All I like tell you, you win 2-0. They're good. Uh, so, Darren, tell me. How are they able to be the best? How are they able to recruit the very best in this nation to win fifty-two straight games?
1: I mean, there's no holes in the lineup. They go. They had a girl that graduated last year was set the record for home runs in the College World Series, and a girl for the a, a girl last night just broke her record on the same team. Uh, they've got uh, there's no holes in the lineup, and they got really. You only really need two good pitchers. That's the thing with softball. If you have two good pitchers, uh, great pitchers, you're almost unbeatable. It really, it's but they're a fun team to watch, man. Fifty two in a row is incredible. I think they have one loss the entire season. And look, I know uh, look, I'm more invested in it because I coach my girls. But coach, coach softball for a long time. I, my, like you said, my oldest daughter is an exceptional player. Um, and, and it's just, it's something I love the spirit of the game. They're I mean, it's incredible how. Uh, Into the, the whole team is up on the, you know, up on the on the fence, up on the gate. The whole game, it's just it's just a different. It's a fun college atmosphere. It's really cool to see fifty two in a row is nothing to shake a look at, shake a stick at, regardless of the sport. But they are a powerhouse. They're going for a three. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I'm I'm watching them going, boy. I tell you what, these ladies are different. You're allowed to do anything in that. And like because I'm an old school baseball guy. When a pitcher celebrates striking my ass out and he's jumping off the mound, pumping like that, it, I, my teammates got to put him down. And and this girl every t- every strikeout she gets she's like d- d- <laughs> Jesus about jumping off the mouth, piss, jumping in the air. Rah, rah. Yeah, you know, hey, I know
1: they, they, okay. they, Stanford too. Stanford had a pitcher yeah. that every time she would strike out, she would flex and scream like every like from the first day. All on. Right.
0: so they're excited. So I, Oklahoma is one of those rare schools now. They, they're in the entry level of this sport as the best. It's like bay, way back in the day, UCLA was the entry level of the best. So every great player went to UCLA. And every great player now goes to Oklahoma, and somebody's got to break that. Now, I know there are a lot of good programs out there, so somebody will break it. Uh, all right, so congratulations to Oklahoma. They look like they're going to be a walk. They have to win one more game. I guess it's tonight. Game uh, two tonight, if necessary. Game three, Friday night. Number two uh, on Mike Unleashed. Uh, let's talk about Victor Hoblin. I just mentioned him uh, in passing in our first segment. Uh, Victor Hoblin is from the Netherlands, he played uh, golf at Oklahoma State. He's you know, really, really, I mean, he he sounds so American. I can't, He doesn't even have any Norwegian accent at all. But so he's been knocking on the door. And I look at him, I go, he doesn't have what it takes to actually knock it down. He doesn't look tough enough. Uh, but he wins the memorial at Muirfield Village, which is uh, Jack Nicklaus's course, which I played many times before, by the way. Uh, I have a buddy of mine who I play with golf here uh, at my place, and he is a member there. So I've been on several junkets to Muirfield Village, which for my money has been the hardest course ever to play. Uh, and, And so I have to bring this up because it has to do with Tiger Woods. There's a par three over there where there's a bunch of azaleas in the front. Beautiful hole. And you have to, it's a water carry, complete water carry to the green. It's a par three, but it's about 185. So you got to kind of, and, and, the, and the pin is usually tucked back behind the, the biggest part of the water. Um, so uh, I was watching a uh, Tiger Woods. He hit it left and uh, he had to chip it from small rough and he, it rolled in for, for a birdie. And people go, oh, did you see that shot? Tiger hit. I go, yeah, that's no big deal, man. They go, what do you mean? I said, well, I played that, like, uh last year, uh, and I hit a, a, a hybrid, and I, I hit a hybrid fade that went over the water, hit the green, and, and dropped and rolled to within seven feet. And I made the birdie putt conventionally, so F Tiger. Is what, what i said but, but that's not the point that's just that's,
1: any chance you can get to
0: take a shot at tiger you, any chance you yeah can. yeah, t- yeah t- tiger had had to have a miracle i birdied it legitimately is what the point is but the story about victor hoblin is he wins at at memorial and um uh, he happens to have a friend who's playing in a u.s open qualifier who he played college golf with and the qualifier happens to be at columbus ohio at Murphy Village is just outside Columbus, Ohio. So it, he promised the he would caddy for him. And so he wins the tournament uh, into you know Sunday night. He gets up next morning to schlep bag for this kid. Now that that's a nice young man, isn't it? I, it's a great gesture. And yeah, I'll still caddy for you. He he, cad, he caddy for he caddy for his teammate. The teammate didn't make the qualifier. But uh, how about that? Isn't that a nice
1: story? I love that. I'm trying to tell you the other week there's some likable guys on the tour. Victor Hovland is one of them.
0: Yeah, all right, let's get into gambling since we're uh, sponsored by bet Rivers here um, and 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 see the, the thing is when when all these uh, these betting entities come into the game, I mean they have in stadiums now for crying out loud, um, then they expect the NFL players not to be lured into it as well. Uh, and the and the rule, let's just go over the rules, because five more players were suspended this week for gambling. Um, and, and we've, we've seen a, a couple guys being taken out for a year for gambling. You're not supposed to be bet on NFL games completely. You can't bet on NFL games. You can, by the policy, bet on other sports, so long as it's not on team grounds. In <laughs> so, other words, so the NFL suspended – the Lions receiver, uh, Quintess Cephas, and defensive back, C.J. Moore. The commander's defensive end, Shaka Tony, a Penn Stater, uh, got suspended uh, through the conclusion of the 2023 season for betting on league games in 2022. So they're out for the whole season. In addition to that, um, uh, Jamison Williams and the Lions and Stanley Berryhill were also suspended for six games for other uh, gambling policy violations, including betting from an NFL facility on non-NFL games. So so in other words, you can't bet on NFL games, and you can't be on the facility. You can't be in a locker room scrolling through your phone and bet on a hockey game. Now, I I guess I go, so the question is, okay, I'm driving to the facility. Before I get within the gate of the facility, I can place that bet, now, now, doesn't that sound ridiculous? Like you, you could be two feet from the facility as long as you're on the other side of that line. You can bet it. But if you go two feet more and you're within in the parking lot of the practice facility, that's a violation. Darren, your thoughts? It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous.
1: These rules. By the way, uh, you can thank that rule for the, the for AJ Brown being an Eagle because if if Calvin Ridley hadn't been suspended two years ago for the last season. The Eagles were going to trade for Calvin Ridley instead of A.J. Brown. Now, I have to say this. This policy is completely ridiculous up and down because I never in my life thought in my lifetime thought I would see the day where the NFL would get into bed with gambling houses. It is astonishing to me. They welcome this trouble. I know you know these, these guys are young. They're, even though they're kids, a lot of them, they're, they have to be responsible. They have to be accountable for their own actions. But as far as I'm concerned, the NFL invited these problems. on.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and so they got to change the policy. It's ridiculous. If uh, uh, You're going to allow uh, players to bet on other sports. So who cares if it's in the parking lot? So in the, in their car, in the parking lot is a violation. But it, they it, on the well, highway as they're coming in would not be. Uh, yeah. Come on. You got to change that. You got to clarify that. Sounds silly. All right. Let's move on to the next uh, uh, thing. Uh, Southside Johnny and Yasberg Jukes. You never thought that would be brought up on my show, right? Well, here's why it's being brought up on my show. Because uh, my buddy Mike Jensen, who covers college sports for the Philadelphia Inquirer, in fact, he succeeded me on the college beat when I left the Inquirer many years ago. Uh, he tweeted out a, a, a picture of a newspaper ad of Southside Johnny and the Asbury Tukes appearing somewhere on July 17th. I don't know where, where it was. So and then he adds on the tweet, saw this man in 80 or 81 in uh, Bear Mountain, New York, uh, wore out of his double album, uh, seeing him for the fifth time um, and the Asbury Jukes never stop bringing it. All right. And, uh, so, Darren, I'm, I'm sure you're a fan of Southside Johnny because you're a fan of Springsteen. And yeah. it's kind of like a protege type of situation. Yeah. At, yeah. At Southside Johnny Asbury Jukes. Uh, so here's my Asbury Jukes story. I went to see uh, uh, Southside Johnny. Uh, I forget the name of the place, but it was in Brown Mills, New Jersey. It to that acts like that. He was still kind of like not, not that well known. Uh, so, uh, I'm in the joint uh, cause hey, I want to see, I was on my way to the shore or something. Stop there. See him. I'm sitting at the bar I'm having a drink just by myself. And this guy next to me, I really can't see his face, but he's got like a big box of fried chicken that he, that he's eating and he's swapping down fried chicken and he, and he's got a beer. And I'm, all right. So all of a sudden the PA announced, goes, ladies and gentlemen, Southside Johnny and, and, and the guy. <laughs> And the guy next week gets up, wipes his hands, said, it with Southside Johnny, eat the fried chicken. Uh, he walked right on stage and start the concert. Awesome. How about that? That's awesome. I think, I think Sprigsey's old
1: drummer, uh, Vinny Mad Dog Lopez. I think he drums for Southside Johnny a lot of times now. I've hung out with Mad Dog uh, Vinny Lopez he, a couple times. I thought he died. He might have died. Uh, no, may, last year? No, <laughs> no, think, no, no. no. If he died, it's like... Mad
0: Dog Vinny Lopez died I, recently. Oh.
1: I think it was recent. No, it might have been recent. Um, no, I'm just saying, hold on. Hold yes, on, he passed, on. passed away. I'm, I'm looking at his mouth. Come on, man. I, I, I haven't hung out with him in a couple of years, but I have hung out <laughs> with him.
0: Apparently, you haven't. I think he Nick passed, Nick, passed Nick,
1: away. The, hold on. He didn't die. He's he's alive still.
0: Somebody yeah, well, died that from that hitting. old band. <laughs> uh, <alive>. I apologize. <laughs> Vinny's still drumming. Oh, it's Easter Vinny. Uh, for him, all right. I get a lot of mean tweets. You and no. uh I get a lot of mean tweets. Yeah, because I put out some anti-Trump stuff, and and, and Trumpers really uh, go hard when they. You, know, you can't say anything about this dude. And I, I I love the like what I say he's like if you had a stone racist in the in the presidency for four years. Now you go. He's not a racist. For for you not to think that Donald Trump's not a racist, yeah, I I don't know what world you live in. All right, so I don't even answer those people anymore. This guy is uh, obviously a right winger, and he came back at me for something, and he called me (laughs) Pisanelli in the tweet, right? And uh, I go, you don't mess. With a with a man's last name, like you don't mock a man's last. That's where I draw the line. So I went at him hard, man. Right. And I I go, this man is a realtor in Havertown. Like uh, I just want to know who you're dealing with here. And I and I, ret- I retweeted everything he sent to me, right? So he must have got a wrap wrap the crap for it. Right. So that's how you you mess with my last. Here are two. I want to tell the people out there: if you if you call me Mikey Mush, you're blocked. <laughs> if you mess with my last name, you're blocked and you're retweeted. So other people can get on your shit. I'll tell you, I don't play when it comes to those type of things, right? That's disrespect. Yeah. All right. If you want to come back and disagree, but <laughs> I mean, that's fine. But you don't call me Pussinelli and you don't call me Pissinelli because that is disrespectful to someone's last name. Now, is that do you, do you agree with that, Darren, or not? I, I
1: agree with you. But you got to remember, since I was a kid with my last name, Degatano, everybody that I grew up with, they all call me Dego. <laughs> but no, I
0: totally agree with you. Although I always like. That's fighting words for me.
1: That's fight. Well, yes. Right. Only my inner sanctum can get away with calling me that uh-huh. uh, without getting a shot. But uh, I, I kind of like. I, th- I thought someone called you a long time ago. I think it was Missile Layup. And I thought that, that's that's all clever, but other than that, that's fine. I, Well, I here's
0: what the guy wrote. I got the tweet right here. You are a punk, Sissonelli. Uh, you have a man crush on conservatives. So I looked at this guy. I always look up guys like this, right? The guy's a realtor in Havertown. I don't want to put his name out there. He says I'm a, I'm a right leaning conservative who loves America uh, and, and our boundaries and our Constitution. I am also a realtor, <laughs> so. I, you know i oh and i make baby toys yeah so so <laughs> i also you know, knit sweaters listen, I, I can tell you cissinelli pussinelli pissinelli if you do that i'm retweeting it i'm coming back hard at you you're gonna get barang by harang by people and then i'm gonna block you because that's what i do and i love blocking people it gives me satisfaction yeah. to get you out of my life all right, uh, let's uh, move on now to a new feature on the podcast. Cool. It's called Darren's Clown of the Week. Who's your Clown of the Week, Darren? Oh. You know, sometimes it's just somebody that really bothers me,
1: and, and Jimmy Garoppolo has bothered me for quite some time now. Uh, he seems to me, first of all, he's a quarterback, or he's a player. I've always felt he's more into his image than his actual play on the field. He comes up really small in big spots, particularly in playoff games. I think he threw a pick. Uh, his last two playoff games to end it for the 49ers. He had foot surgery this week because he failed a physical in March. Now, it, this is an injury he suffered back in early December. A lot of people thought he should have been activated for the, uh, the NFC Championship game against the Eagles. It might have helped the 49ers a little bit. At least they would have had somebody capable of throwing football forward uh, under center. Uh, but the guy's just always into his image with the black suits, and he's always in shots with cheerleaders. You know, when you do things like this and you put surgery off and then you fail a physical, and now oh, I gotta go get surgery again, it draws, uh, you know, it draws unnecessary um, distractions on you and your team. And you're a team where Tom Brady just signed as a minority owner, the rules are foggy as to whether or not he can play. Garoppolo now has, you know, thrown distraction on the Raiders for the next couple of months until he can get into training camp and if he's healthy to play. Guys like him who are more concerned about his image and his play on the field just bug me.
0: He's uh, my well, hey, the other side of that is he's been uh, he, he's been totally uh, abused by his team and cast aside, and all that guy does is come out and play play well for him. So uh, whatever. Uh, all right, so that's your clown of the week, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Yeah, you
1: and I have very different definitions of playing well for your team. Yeah, he wins.
0: He won a lot of games for them. Uh, All right, let's let's move on to three questions for Mikey Miss. What do you got today?
1: All right, three questions for Mikey Miss. Summertime, Mike. So I'm going to try and incorporate a summer question into each one of these for the next couple of months. Mike, I have five movies that I I believe are the top five. I want you to rank them. My top five. Summer movies, okay? I'm, I'm not going to give them the in any order.
0: Uh, you, uh, you want me to rank them?
1: I want you to rank them from five to okay. one. Okay, I'm going to give okay. you my five, all right? I'm just going to throw them out in no particular order. The Lost Boys, mm-hmm. Summer Rental, Jaws, Point Break, the original, not that garbage, mm-hmm. unwatchable remake. And the flamingo kid. gin, gin Phil. Yeah, I I, I remember that. Uh, okay. Uh Do you have a beer, I have low and brow. Do you have Miller Light? I have low and brow. Do you have coors? <laughs> I have low and brow. Uh
0: okay. Ranking them, I, I don't think uh highly uh, of, of uh, uh all right, I'll go number one, I'll go point break because it's so campy, it's it's gotta be number one. Uh number two, I'll go flamingo kid. I enjoyed it, I thought it was solid. Three, I go Jaws. I know everybody loves it, but, um, you know, I it, it, it's, it's Summer Rental and Lost Boys. Lost Boys, four, Summer Rental, five. Okay. There you go. That's,
1: that's fine. Does right. that work for you? Jaws is my number one. But uh, yeah, it my it. number two, flop it's down.
0: everybody's number one. It doesn't do as much for me as it does for other people. All
1: right, there you go. All right. Question number two, Mike. Um,
0: yes. What do you got?
1: Question number two. So, last night, the Phillies game postponed. I was at the game two nights ago, and the whole stadium was engulfed in the smoke. You could smell it. You could see it uh last night it was unbearable
0: Good, yeah i yeah i bet you could see it from those high seats that you were sitting in. oh
1: i was in 209 but you stop you're such an aristocrat mike what come the game oh, i don't sit
0: in the 200 level i, I, I don't sit in the second deck Uh, Oh, for a guy like me sitting in the second deck, all of the invites is abuse. I'm like, man, so you couldn't get a better seat? (laughs) Like, I got that all the time when I was (laughs) sitting with people. So I don't even do it anymore to avoid it. All
1: right. Moving on to the question. But the the smoke was, uh, and the the air quality last night was to the point where the Phillies had to postpone the game to tonight. It's a pretty odd, strange reason to postpone a professional sports game. What's the strangest? reason you can remember a professional sports game being either postponed or canceled
0: well i, I got one that popped re- immediately in my mind it was that preseason game the eagles and the ravens where the turf was uh, not sticking properly it was it was bending or whatever it was it was bubbling up and, and they had to cancel the game that was the first thing but there have been a lot of uh, interesting ones over the years that i remember and i go back to the to the mid-70s a, a game at the astrodome was rained out there was torrential downpours, but in and, and the dome, obviously the dome, but uh, it, the, yeah. the Astrodome home plate is below sea level, the way they built it. So the surrounding area flooded out. And so all the first floor entities were all underwater and they had to postpone the game. at The Astrodome it was the only time yeah. it was ever postponed at the Astrodome. Uh, 1989, of course, the World Series the earthquake ha- had to postpone it. Um yeah. And then uh, in, tw- in tw- well, I forget what year, but it was 2010, 2011, 20- the, uh, the Vikings, the roof collapsed, at the Metrodome. That's what I
1: was going to say. The Metrodome, the snow, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they had to play a couple games at Ford Field in Detroit. So, uh, and ironically, in all this, the fogball was not canceled. So I just throw that in there.
1: Yeah. That's a great uh, add on there, too. To this day, I, I, w- I will never understand how they did not postpone or, or pause and delay that game. All right, my question number three, Mike. In all your days, go back, think of somebody. Name, give me an athlete that you think that did not go into broadcasting, but would have been spectacular at broadcasting if, in after his playing career. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I don't know i have no idea man because usually somebody who's good at it would actually go in, the, in broadcasting who who do you have
1: it's a different job it's a different face it's a different personality you got to have for that but is there anybody that you like would riff with in a locker room after the game you know, your career whether you're writing a story or covering whatever
0: um did you thought, thought jj reddick would be good at it and, and but he went so, uh, yeah, he, he, he went and now he annoys me. So you know, maybe I, uh, <laughs> I, I had the wrong guy. Uh, I don't know. I'm stumped on that one. You got somebody in mind.
1: Uh, it's not It's a question for Mike. Well, your career is a lot longer than mine. You've been in more locker rooms than I have. So I thought maybe you would have a better, you know, the right answer. <laughs> no, I, uh
0: no, nobody, nobody really comes to mind. I think the people that did it were always destined to do it. And the other people had, have really no interest in it. I may, maybe like, uh, Raul Ibanez. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And he went, he's trying to go to the other side in baseball management, but he probably would have been pretty
1: good. Yeah. At it. Okay. Uh, you know who I think probably would have been really good. I think Reggie white probably would have been really good at it. Had he, you know, had a, a post football career.
0: I don't know about, I don't know about <laughs> Reggie. I, he had that voice like that. I don't know if you can understand no, that drone. <laughs>
1: it might've sure. might been hard for him to push a few words out, but he always had good things like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Reg, Reggie would, would have had, you know, he had Raspberry yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: I'm glad I got you to get your Reggie impression in there. That's three questions yeah, okay. from Mikey missed today. All
0: right. Let's end it with the thought of the day. Um, I was in Target a couple of weeks, ago, several weeks ago, before it was uh, like overly woke. To be in the Target because I was looking for, I redid my garage. I was looking for a Tupperware storage unit and they got them in plentiful over there. So I, I go over there, I walk by and I go, look at this. I like, I never thought ever of buying clothes at Target. Never, never across it, it, it my mind. Well, I'm walking past this display and it's a, it's a display for socks. And the sock brand is called um, the P- Pair of Thieves. And I go, look at these. Two ninety nine. Is it a violation to buy a $2.99 pair of socks from Pair of Thieves brand at Target?
1: No. <laughs> it's socks. Who cares? Is it a violation to buy shirts and, and pants at Target? No. I mean, if we just buy a pair of work pants, a pair of slacks, as my pop would say, uh, or a T-shirt. No, No, I don't, you know, I don't know if I would buy, like, a nice shirt I wanted to wear, like, you know out <laughs> but, <laughs> but a pair of pants for work
0: all right so i gotta fess up i bought a couple pair of pair of themed socks for two ninety-nine dollars 99 a piece i don't know I, listen i've worn them once i washed them we'll see how long they last i'll give you an update on that <laughs> and now it's time to close it down uh, let's close it down of course you can touch with me uh, at mike at dot and that's connected to my website mike and on my website every friday you're gonna see a video blog so tomorrow and a fresh video blog. Uh, wrapping up the stuff that I talked about this week and maybe some new thoughts on some stuff uh, at MikeMiss.com. About Twitter, MikeMiss25, where that guy called me Sissonelli. You can uh, hit me up. It's, 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 again, you call me Mush, you're out. You make fun of my last name, you're out. And if you do this, stick to sports, you're just gone as quick as I can push the button. All right? Uh, now, um, in tally Vineyards. Uh, I got a big uh, wine tasting event at my golf c- club tomorrow, tomorrow night, where I'm going to be pouring for the membership. So, a uh, uh, part owner and tally in Tally Benders and Cape May Courthouse. I'm looking forward to that. If you're down that way, stop in, say hello. It's a great place, good wines. Uh, and my Sheba the Sheba book, I need some sales. Go to Amazon.com. It's priced reasonably right now. Shima the, the Adventures of Sheba the Sheba, about my dog. Now, one of the things in the book is how she got injured. She uh, got her toe bit by a, a neighbor and dog and it broke her toe to the point where her toe now grows out like an L. Um, so she had a little accident as we we're playing ball the other day. All of a sudden she stopped short and she started limping and her paw has been up. She hurt her paw again. So I took her in. X-rays show another fracture. So she's got another fracture near that toe, which was probably in weakened condition and it's another fracture, so she's been walking around three legged. So I, it, it, for for is sake, <laughs> I mean the poor thing is walking around with a paw lame paw. It's sad as hell. I love this dog. I play ball with her every day. She can't run. She's just walking around lame. For her sake, please buy the ball.
1: Is it a second fracture or the same fracture twice? It's
0: second, same. It, it's just either in the same area oh. or it's a new fracture. Buy so, the ball. Yeah, so I've had to keep her out of doggy daycare. I've got to take to give her medication, a whole of anti-inflammatory. So the least you could do is buy the book, because twenty percent of proceeds go to animal shelters, and uh, you know there's, there's probably a lot of dogs at the animal shelters that are uh, lame and, and walking around with a with a bad paw, a bad bad uh, bad hoof. Uh, so. Uh, please, the, for, for Shima's sake, okay. I, I wouldn't ask you any other. Oh, yeah. my thought. She's looking at me right now, like, watching the podcast. Sad. Our eyes are closed. She can't run. She can't do anything. So, anyway, I hate to bring people down, but the adventures of Shima Shiba included Second Fracture. So, buy the book. It's on amazon.com. It's on Barnesandnoble.com. Uh And don't forget, Bet Rivers. Download Bet app. Make your bets on the NBA Finals. Uh, I already took Denver to win the series, I took them last night. I think they win five. I think Miami's dead. Darren, anything we missed? Uh, No,
1: nothing we missed. Good luck to Oklahoma tonight. Maybe they uh, three in a row for the Oklahoma softball.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm rooting for Seminoles to break that streak. Let's go, Knowles. (laughs) Everybody have a great rest of the day. It's smoky out there for crying out loud. Stay inside until tomorrow. It's like an apocalypse out there with these Canadian wildfires. Be safe out there, and have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week.
1: It's the Mike Piacinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.